while we're doing our on the ground uh, feature, we're going to Mexico, uh, where the news has been dominated um, by a fire at an immigration centre where at least 40 people uh, were killed. Right now, uh, joining us is John uh, Bonfiglio, who is the Times' correspondent in Mexico City. John, thanks very much uh, for joining us. Just tell us what's happened um, with this very tragic story. Yeah, very much not the best places for migrants to be to be passing through, and and sadly, the, the latest in a series of migrant-related uh, deaths. The fundamentals of what took place is that at a migrant facility in Ciudad Juarez on the border with the United States on Monday evening, a fire was uh, was lit by the migrants who had found out that they were going to be uh, deported. This fire immediately took control of the. Um, of the facility and led to uh, 40 deaths, which was obviously, you know, a, a tragedy in and of itself. Uh, but then the story continued to gather pace because on the Tuesday then, the Mexican president directly blamed the migrants for, for starting the fire. And then on Wednesday, footage was released which uh, showed the security guards at the migrant facility refusing to open the doors and the gates to let the migrants out <sighs> during the... Uh, you know, the, the, the most ferocious part of the fire, uh, to the extent which now a homicide investigation, a culpable homicide investigation, has been launched by the federal authorities to, I mean, not so much to try to get to the bottom of it, because we know what took place, but basically to try and hold people accountable and to try and say these kinds of things cannot take place. The Mexican administration fundamentally is in a catch-22. It sort of speaks in a humanist way about the importance of migrant rights and and so on, but actually has a, a series of agreements with the United States to be incredibly hardline about migrants passing through its territories and impeding their access uh, to the United States. So certainly, you know, what we're seeing here and have seen now for a, a number of months is not just an, an, an impingement on the rights of and the existing international rights of migrants, but also you know, huge uh, uh, damage to um, individuals and groups trying to pass through Mexico, which isn't just about injury, but has resulted in scores and hundreds of deaths. I mean, this is an absolutely horrendous um, story, John. I mean, absolutely awful. I mean, where do you think this is going to like go? And what has been the, the response from America to, to what's happened here? So I think, sadly, where this is going to go is where it's been before and where it's going to continue to run. The border area, um, both politically, physically, socially, is a hugely complex, fluid, uh, multi-agent, kind of quasi-legal environment, which is very difficult for anybody to police. I mean, it's 2,000 miles worth of border between what is generally seen as the global north, you know, first world and Mexico. And so that leads to a whole series of supply and demand issues, which is both legal and, you know, standard economic um, base, but also, of course, you know, quite illegal, illegal related to cartels and organized crime and so on. So how you begin to police that, especially when you have the, the, the scale of migrants that reach that border on a daily basis is is not impossible. And these abuses, if you like, don't just take place on the southern side of the border. I mean, it's not that long ago that we were reporting on migrant camps in on the U.S. side, hundreds of, of, um, of Haitian immigrants stuck under bridges in freezing conditions, children in appalling conditions, uh, divorced from their parents on the U.S. side and so on. So it is a, 
um, a huge issue for both countries that neither country is able to really get a grip on. And since the arrival of, of Joe Biden, of course, you know, Donald Trump, the, the wall, building the wall with Mexico became a real kind of emblem of, of, of the kind of, you know, politics that, that he embraced. But what has Joe Biden done differently, if anything at all, when it comes to the Mexican border and immigration policy? This is really interesting because fundamentally he's done nothing. In fact, he has extended a number of Trump era policies, including the famous Title 42, in which you can remove, summarily remove migrants from the US under public health reasons. So that's a sort of pandemic COVID related policy that was brought in. And Biden, the Biden administration keeps extending that at the moment. That runs on until May. His rhetoric is different. Politically, he is a different figure and he speaks, his administration does speak differently about the migrant problem, but it behooves, it, it is useful to the administration to try and deal with the policy, to actually softly, through mission creep, continue the Trump era policies without claiming authorship over them. And is that getting picked up much in terms of um, the, you know, the, the, the political reporting in America? Is there much, you know, pushback against that, as you say, sort of, you know, sort of saying one thing, but, but doing another, which is sort of continuity po politics? Not so much. In the US, the, um, the general reporting of uh, the, the border is, um, generally speaking, very, uh, very loud, very, uh, very shouty, very declamatory. It doesn't really deal with uh, with nuance, and it generally regards the, the Biden administration as being a soft touch for, for immigration, which also is interesting because that's, that is also, despite the fact that the policies continue on from the Trump administration, that is also how migrants regard the, uh, the, the Biden administration. And it is one of the reasons why there is this upturn, significant upturn in, in migrants in the last uh, couple of years since Biden came into power, because... Um, the perception, again, correctly or incorrectly, is that Biden is not Donald Trump. Of course he isn't. And that therefore, the best chance to get into the USA, rightly or wrongly, is now in this window of a democratic government. Mm. Gosh, I mean, what a what a tragic, tragic um, story. Um, uh, let's just also turn to another big uh, controversy in Mexico right now. This um, Mayan train is a train line that's been driven through an important jungle. Tell us a bit more about this. Yeah, this is this is here in where I'm speaking to you from today in the, in the, in the south of Mexico, the Tren Maya, the mine train, this vast infrastructure project. Uh, you can imagine, of course, you know, the bit almost like East Anglia that sticks out of uh, the, the southeast of Mexico, the Yucatan Peninsula. So the current president, Andres Manuel López Obrador, commonly known as AMLO, um, devised the beginning of his tenure, this, this huge infrastructure project, this, this signature project for his a six-year administration, which was to build this train, which was going to circumnavigate, fully go around the entire Yucatan Peninsula and then offshoot down to Palenque in the southwest. Now, the problem with this is that um, it, in the southern section of the Yucatan exists the second largest, most uh, contiguous jungle in the Americas after the Amazon, which, of course, is hugely, uh, not just emblematic, but also important Ecologically, and this train line, which is a high-speed train line, drives, basically cuts that jungle in half and doesn't just cut it in half with the train itself, with the train line itself, but is it also going to be fenced in because of the speed of the train? So you've got this, what is regarded as being this sort of eco-side, which is, which is being driven forward um, in, in the in south of Mexico, but it's also violating the rights of and accelerating the destruction of the already at-risk 
Mayan indigenous communities that inhabit uh, these spaces. So a couple of weeks ago, there was an international tribunal for environmental rights, which, which sat and listened to testimony and then called for an immediate suspension of the building, the construction of, of the train. But of course, that's not going to happen because even though there's been an absence of due process throughout this entire process, it is, as I say, the signature project of the president. And he said famously, uh, this, the train line goes because it goes. It's going to happen because it's going to happen. Nothing's going to stand in its way. Wow. Um, and then the final thing we'll just um, touch on is that one of Mexico's most famous entertainers um, has died this week. Tell us about that. Yeah, the weekend, 88-year-old 80, Javier Lopez Rodriguez passed away of natural causes. So far, so unspectacular, except for the fact that Lopez Rodriguez, Lopez Rodriguez was better known by the moniker Chabelo and was one of Mexico's all-time favorite entertainers and cultural icons who built a seven-decade career. He had one television show that ran for 48 years, <laughs> the Sunday Family Show. And what's most remarkable of all about Chabelo is he built this seven-decade career on his baby face. Even at the age of 87, 88, if you look at I mean, one of the most famous recognizable faces in Mexico. There is not a person in Mexico who would not see his face and immediately know who he was because even at the age of 88, even with his wrinkles and so on, he still had this sort of demeanor of an eight, nine-year-old kid and that was his signature. Uh, I guess also uh, feels a little bit like the passing of an era here because, of course, his career spans you know, the arrival of, of, of television, of a kind of a national consciousness mm. of, of entertainment and so on. So you've got literally generations of Mexicans uh, who have grown up with this figure and this television show. Uh, so the morning, if you like, is not just a morning for the passing of this uh, individual, but it's also morning for the passing of an age. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like he was kind of a, a thread through a lot of history um, in, in Mexico. Well, John, thank you so much for your time. That was a really interesting sort of cast across what's happening in uh, Mexico. Thanks very much for joining us.